Hey everybody, welcome to the Ask Madden Show, a weekly audio podcast where we interview the influencers of the Madden community. We took a two-week break off because I had a newborn baby, but we are back this week with Cookie Boy 17 Welcome to the Ass Madden Show. Thank you guys for coming back, giving this a listen, for subscribing, for the five-star reviews that I saw in there. I appreciate that so much. We had a great time interviewing Cookie Boy 17 He was awesome. He talks about what it's like to kind of be a YouTube influencer. He talks about N64. We talk about Madden. We talk about content creation. It really was a great interview. I appreciate him coming by. Be sure to reach out to him on Twitter at CookieBoy1794 and just say hey thanks for doing the podcast without further ado here's the interview all right we are here with cookie boy 17 cookie boy why don't you say hi to the people let us know who you are um and anything else you want to tell us about yourself hey what's up guys i'm cookie boy 17 some of you guys may know me as the youtube content creator for madden if you don't that's what i do mainly on youtube i've been doing it for a long time like six years now i've been making madden videos to edit them up do my commentaries over them and yeah that's that's my main thing yeah, so um, you're pretty successful on YouTube. Uh, you have over 30,000 Twitter followers, and uh, you recently hit a pretty big milestone with YouTube subscribers, if I remember, because was, am I right about that, or am I misremembering? Yeah, 500,000 just hit that last month. 500,000 YouTube subscribers. So I'm sure a bunch of people look at you and they say, well, how do I get there? And um, so the question for you is kind of, you know, tell us about where you're at when you decide to do this what year is it what what madden is hot was madden the first thing you know whatever like when you decide i'm gonna start putting stuff on this site called youtube what's happening in your life and tell us about kind of the process from and i know it's probably a fairly long one but the process from zero to two hundred thousand did you say two hundred thousand i'm sorry five hundred thousand okay i'm sorry you can well you're <laughs> Zero to two hundred thousand and two hundred thousand to five hundred thousand. That is a ton, man. That's a half million people. <laughs> All right. So go ahead with that story. I'm sorry, I don't want to cut you off. Yeah, well, I started off YouTube just, you know, like mostly anyone else, like just as a teenager, just kinda of bored, like playing video games and I actually started off doing Mario Party. I didn't even start off with Madden. Nowhere near sports because I used to play Mario games all the time because when I was younger that's what I had. I had a Nintendo, I had a GameCube, so that's the way I grew up and I started actually doing Mario Party videos a little bit. I would commentate over those. And, you know, I, I liked Madden at the time. This was 2011, I believe. Whenever Madden 12 came out, which I believe was 2011, I just put out a Madden video. I didn't even put a commentary on it. I just put out a test video to see how my Xbox 360 recorded. And someone, like one person left the comment said, oh, make more Madden videos. I was like, oh, one person actually enjoys it. All right, let me try it. Let me try this thing. And, you know, I put up a video with a commentary and it's just like everyone else's first video it's dull it, it doesn't have too too much in it everyone's just trying to get ri- get a rhythm to it but i was still doing the mario party at the time i was actually doing more mario party than madden but 
somehow, some way, I started gaining subscribers through Madden because, like, at the time I had like, what, like seventy subscribers. Madden got me to like over a hundred subscribers, and these people were in the comment section. Like, the couple of people were saying, "Hey, do more Madden videos. Stop doing Mario Party." So eventually, I kind of just figured out that no one was watching the Mario Party. So I hopped on the Madden a little bit, and you know, slowly but surely, it was it was a grind. It's not like everything happened quickly. Things didn't happen overnight because. It took me over a year to get a thousand subscribers. I was, you know, and that, it wasn't even a big deal to me that I was, I thought that was a good pace because when I started in the Madden community, I don't know if you know, like back then, like in 2011, 2012, there were no 500,000 subscriber YouTubers or there's no like iMaverick or onto the boss pedigree. If there was something like that, there was like a QJB or a Mr. Golden Sports that had, what, 5,000 subscribers, 25,000. So, the community wasn't even that big back then. So there wasn't really much of a incentive to get into Madden. It's not like you could get into Madden to make money, which is what a lot of people would think about doing YouTube for, which is doing it for fun. And that's what I did. I did it for fun. And, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I like doing the commentary part of it. And then Madden, I really like football. So that came easy. And eventually, like I said, you know, we get over a thousand subscribers. And after what, I think Madden 25, things kind of really took off for myself and I think the community in general just started really taking off about like three four years ago especially as ultimate team became integrated into Madden I think that helped to become popular and now now it's just this whole big thing and everyone's trying to get into it and it feels kind of weird because I just turned 23 years old yesterday that I'm like a veteran of the Madden YouTube community but that's the way it is I, I was there towards the beginning of it when you know Madden Moment Seven was still doing his thing and some throwback names, but yeah, that's basically where I came from to do YouTube. So you said the Madden community was still kind of in its infancy. What did it look like? Was it all on YouTube? Did kind of Madden Twitter exist at that point? What was going on circa 2011? I mean, I didn't really get on Twitter until maybe like 2012, 2013 for like Madden Twitter and all that. So I don't even know what it was on Twitter. It wasn't really much. I think Madden Twitter really grew with kind of the way it is now. Like there weren't really many like competitive people who were in this inner circle where everybody was able to see them because no one really knew who they were. YouTubers themselves, they weren't that that big. So it was it was it was tight I mean, there was a couple of people i mean big names now like golden sports i mentioned imav got started around then there were some people who aren't doing youtube anymore i mentioned mad moment seven there was addy cards and all the guys he hung out with like cold world these are like big names back then these guys were the biggest youtubers and some of them don't do anymore a lot of them still do and you know we were we were pretty cool with each other though. Like no, there was no like animosity between the YouTubers, man YouTubers. Then like IMAV and GS got along very well. Addy Cards, Gotham's, Cold World, all those guys got along really well. And you know now it's a way bigger thing. But back then it was it was important. And you know we played each other a lot. I think a lot more than commentators do now, which I thought was just cool about the community back then. Is that you know. The YouTubers really went like we just played each other for fun a lot and like we recorded and stuff and a lot of times we just play each other like not even recording it so it was it was pretty chill back then but I mean obviously I prefer it now because it's a lot bigger now but I mean it, it wasn't like yeah there was nobody there it wasn't that much fun it was still fun to do back then and that was the main thing it was like I said there was no dollar bills involved and it. it was just fun and all the love of Madden that's what we all had and shared. 
So was there a little bit of a piece where you guys were all pulling on the same rope? Because you really don't see that in the stand, the community now. You don't see that. You see more of everybody's trying to get their nut. Was there, it sounds like what you're describing is much more of what can actually be called a community. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a lot, I think a lot of people are on their own crossroads now. They're maybe they got like one or two other boys with them, and they try to do what they got to do for themselves. But I mean, it, it was like that back then too. But like when you think about it, you know, IMAP wasn't even IMAP. He was mad at Mastermind, and mad at Mastermind wasn't just him. It was him and his group of guys. He had like Dream Killers, and T Raw was on there back then, and GS worked really well with them, and maybe one or two other guys. And you know, Addy Cars and those guys. There were the Goon Squad, Duke the Killer. You know, I mean, he was kind of his own thing but you know he was way bigger than anyone else but you know like i said it's just we would all be very cordial with each other talk to each other a lot and play with each other a lot in madden yeah so problem is competitive at this point was there kind of a separate thing that none of you guys were really involved with in terms of because when was there was in there was the espn show madden nation i think was what it was called you guys aren't involved with that in any way though right no, I can't speak for like anybody else that was there back then, but I didn't even know what that stuff was to be honest. I didn't even know there was an ESPN show about Madden because for me, I play I play Madden for fun. I don't play it competitively. I like to think I'm decent at the game, but I, I don't play competitively. So I don't I don't I never knew about that scene until really a couple of years ago until. Madden really started being pushed as this esports kind of thing, starting with I believe like a couple of years ago when they had the tournament with Sirius Mo and Skimbo in, and you know, Problem started doing Twitch and all that. That's when I figured about competitive, so I didn't really know about it back then. Right? Yeah, I wasn't saying you know speak for what somebody else was doing. I was just curious if there yeah. was like an awareness within the community. Yeah, like I, said, um, I can't speak for them, but for myself, I I had no. I mean, I recognized the name Problem before. You hear that name here and there because he was the Madden goat, the guy who won tournaments. But there weren't really many big tournaments back then. There was no EA sponsored tournaments that I knew about, so it was kind of just like an off scene back then. Yeah. The the order of things was i think 0607 and nobody quote me on this 0607 they had kind of the regional madden qualifiers and stuff and you kind of saw that stuff go away um and then come back with the tournaments a couple years ago so yeah that really so there was a bit of a lull kind of as you were getting in in terms of where competitive madden was at so that first year you go from zero to a thousand subscribers the first question i have what exactly does a mario party video look like and um, <laughs> out of curiosity uh it's just basically like no editing in it you just live calm you play the game i was playing like a story mostly so you just play against the computers you try to win and I, it's really simple it's not really too much to it not but too much. yeah you weren't storyboarding them or anything like that no nah, i wasn't uh, no, I'm just messing around. Um, but I, I that game is something, man. If you want to lose friends, play Mario Party <laughs> with them. That's that's how you get there. Um, so that first year, you go from zero to a thousand subscribers. Um, the fact that you were in it for the fun of it, how much did that keep you going through? It sounds like you weren't even sweating. You know, oh, this video has hundred views. This video has two hundred views. This it was just sounds like you were just doing it for you. Um, do you think that's important when somebody's starting out as a content creator? Yeah, you know, I can't speak for anyone else because I, I mean, I, I don't want to keep saying that, but like, let's say someone has 
bad financial problems and maybe they think YouTube is their source of turning that around. That's their situation. My situation personally is that, you know, YouTube seemed fun to me and I was kind of bored at home. I didn't have much else to do. So I was like, let me try it. Let me see what happens. But I mean, I think no matter what, no matter what kind of mindset you go with, oh, sorry about that. But um, yeah, whatever mindset that you have going into YouTube that you shouldn't just be 100% focused on getting successful right away and trying to get that stuff. You just have to find your own niche in the community, find your own niche in whatever game you want to do or whatever you want to do in YouTube. Because if you're not having fun with it, then there's, I mean, some people can do stuff that they don't have fun with and be successful, but that just wouldn't be me. I feel like, you know, if I'm, I'm going to do YouTube, I... I have to do stuff that I like and people that stuff that the people who are watching like. Like I could do different Madden stuff, like maybe do like a creative player, but I don't really have fun with a creative player. I wouldn't do that. That wouldn't really be fun to me. And maybe a creative player would get a lot of views, a lot more views than I would get from doing something else. But I mean that's always been my take on it that you know, that's the way I entered it and that's the way I still look at it. Even today, how I don't really care how it affects views and how it affects dollar bills and all that. I just do what I think is the coolest thing to do and everybody would like to watch. Yeah, I think that's, I know you're not ready to speak for what somebody else's experience is, but I think that's so important is to just do for you. And if you were to talk to, I think, people who have managed to do something with it, they were willing to do what they were going to do if four people were going to watch it or if a bunch of people were going to watch it. And um, it sounds like that's kind of the case for you. And obviously, we can't speak for somebody who's in a situation that's challenging. Um, but let's talk a little about your content schedule. Like, when did you start doing scheduled weekly content? I know you. And then what do you have going on now? I know you do your not top 10 video. But what is a Monday through a Monday, so to speak? Like, what does that look like for you? Um and but start with like when did you go from I'm just gonna post a Madden video whenever to start to have scheduled content and how did people respond to the idea of scheduled content? Well, back then it was just I went I was still in school at the time when I first started, so it was just I went to do a video every two days. Eventually, I narrowed it down to every other day, maybe every day. And once I got more serious into it, I decided that you know. Consistency is really important with YouTube, and I think anybody that really gets into it will tell you that consistency is the best way to be successful, because if you slack off, you know, people will just stop watching them to move on to someone else. So once I realized that, I was like, all right, I got to do videos every single day. And that's basically what I've been trying to do for the past couple of years now, just every single day. You may miss a couple of days and that's whatever, but for the most part, that's my mission to try to do every single day. Now, to, nowadays, I'm trying to do multiple videos a day. I'm trying to do like two videos a day because I feel like if I, I don't have no job or anything else right now, this is what I do, then I have more than enough time to try to always make two videos a day or not force myself to make two videos a day, but one really good video, but at least one video a day. And I've normally never been too much of a schedule kind of guy. I just kind of put up whatever I want to put up. Maybe I put up draft champions one day and I put up mutt the next day. Now I'm trying to get into a little bit of a schedule, at least because I do the top 10 and not top 10 series to where Mondays I'll do top 10 plays of the week. Wednesday I'll do team play top 10 plays of the week for mutt squads. Friday I'll do not top 10. And then, you know, Saturday and Sunday and all those other days I'll just put up 
gameplay videos of myself playing and sometime during the week i'll put up like a 2k video what types of plays make it into the not top 10 <laughs> any any funny plays any anything that's a glitchy play where um like I, there's the craziest stuff that gets submitted for not top 10 if you, if you find something crazy in the game then that's what gets submitted where last week someone submitted a play where there was a, a glitch where the um entrance run out stadium where like everyone runs out from the um the stadium onto the um the field that stuff was right. on the field during a play so someone submitted that it was funny there's plays even like some really weird stuff like someone got an interception went out of bounds at like the 40 yard line account as a safety for his team that kind of stuff makes it on the hot top 10 just anything that, that'll get a laugh from someone that's what the series is really about right right kind of strange stuff that happens online um all right cool so you mentioned that you made the transition at some point from um, whatever you were doing, you know, full time, you mentioned being, I think you said 23 years old. So it's not like you were, you know, you had a classic, you know, I mean, maybe you did have a classic nine to five. Um, what does, what did that transition look like where you said, you know what, I'm going to lean into YouTube being my job and kind of how did people in your life take that? Like the people you first mentioned it to, like the first Thanksgiving when you went <laughs> home and were like, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and, uh do madden full-time like how was how was that received and how did you know it was time to do it well for me fortunately i never actually had a job before because i started doing youtube like i said when i was in high school well actually i don't think i said that i did it when i was in high school so i was like 16 probably when i started maybe 17 and i didn't have a job then and once youtube started doing at least a little bit good i was like all right so i don't really need to get a part-time job right now because this is some good side cash, what I'm doing. And it's cool because I'm getting side cash for doing something I'm having fun with. It's not even a job. And then all of a sudden, it transitioned into a full-time thing where once I realized this is actually pretty good money and I, you know, let's be honest, no one really want, wants to work. So I was like, if, this is, if I can do this without having to get a job, then, hey, you know, that, that works. And, you know, I, I eventually dropped out of college too and kind of put myself full-time into it. Not to say that I wouldn't go back to college, but, you know, kind of right now I'm full-time into it. And I, I don't think there was really like a certain point where I was like, okay, this is what I do full time because I mentioned, I've mentioned before that I've been doing this for fun. So I didn't really look at the financial aspects of it. I was just kind of doing what I was doing, having success with it and letting the other stuff behind the scenes take care of itself. But eventually, you know, I had to basically say, yeah, you know what, this is pretty much what I do. And when I started telling my parents and stuff, they, I mean, they didn't really know what it was, but once I explained it to them, they, they were like, oh, that's great. You know, you, you got, you, they're just happy I got a job, I guess. They're like, oh, cool. You're making money. Okay, cool. That, they, that's what they're mainly concerned about. Like I said, I'm not too, too concerned about it, but they're like, oh, all right. Yeah, you're doing really good with that. And now they will tell pretty much anybody they meet that, oh, yeah. Um, my son does YouTube like I wouldn't really say it out loud but they will always tell anyone or my sister will tell anyone so they now are really receptive of it they're really proud of it and if I tell it to like any other random person they're like really impressed like oh man that's really cool and I'm like yeah you know that's what I do it's fun I try to make too big of a deal about it or try to like brag about it or anything I just try to like yeah just say what it is for me Influencer fame is kind of weird that way because you look at your average everyday person and 
I, I'm not I, I'm not really somebody who has a ton of influence, but like occasionally somebody who knows that I'm a game changer or something will bring up like, oh, yeah, like Addison knows the guys from EA or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I do. It's but I it's interesting to hear somebody who's like much further down the road and actually has built a career out of it that you feel similarly to me about it, where it's like, yeah, no, I do it. Sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, I feel like that never changes. Yeah, I mean, I guess at some point it'll transition into being a little more mainstream. Like, but um, as of now, I, it does feel it feels a little strange because you see YouTube stars like Hannah Hart is getting a show on uh, Food Network, um, and she's somebody who came through YouTube and um, stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see kind of over the next ten years when you know probably a lot of YouTubers have little TV shows or something. What uh, what happens with? what youtube fame is right yeah i mean arguably to youtube it's a radio it's a little tv show for a lot of people yeah well as i was saying that i was thinking like you know what kids do take this in i I actually work with students in my main job and sometimes i'll be talking to a kid and i'll be like oh yeah i watch all qjb qjb's (laughs) videos or something and like you'll go visit their houses and they're watching it on their, they have their cell phone hooked up to their TV yeah, yeah, yeah. to watch YouTube videos. You know, I, I, I'll go into people's streams a lot, like Twitch streams and let's say 12 o'clock PM and all these people are saying, oh yeah, I'm in school watching your stream. I'm like, oh, so this is what people do now. I know I went on my phone during yeah. school, but I didn't go on Twitch, but this is, this is the new age thing. Yeah, it really is. It's really crazy how like people, this is their form of entertainment and that's, that's what they want to watch. Um, so you've kind of managed to kind of take what you were having fun with and turn it into something that really became a career. What would you say to somebody who is maybe where you were, um, seven, eight years ago and is kind of going along and they're asking, well, you know, it feels like you were stepping into a kind of a market that wasn't saturated at all. It sounds like, um, what would you say to somebody who feels like, Hey man, there's a lot going on in this market. I'm not really sure where I fit in. In other words, if I'm somebody who has a YouTube channel with 30 subs and I've done a couple videos and I just really haven't found my niche yet, do you have any advice for somebody who's looking to find what they should be doing? Yeah, I get every once in a while someone will ask me this question, whether it's on Twitter or they'll even email me. Like, on my business email, they'll say, hey, I'm trying to get started on YouTube. What should I do? And I usually tell them three things. The first thing is you definitely want to make sure the quality on your videos are good because if someone sees you recording with a phone then that's probably not going to do too much at this point you probably want to have an elgato or something if you're going to be serious about gaming youtube or have a good camera if you're serious about youtube and anything else that's the first thing you want to make sure your quality is good because that's that's the easiest way to make sure people are going to watch that and they won't click off in two seconds the next thing i mentioned it earlier consistency it's really important with youtube and to have your content coming out every single day and especially on a certain time so people can say oh um i'll eat dinner and watch cookies video or i'll eat dinner and watch addison's video or something you have that consistency to where people know you're gonna upload or it doesn't have to be like you know certain times so like oh yes i could catch them for dinner but like if you upload at like five o'clock and it doesn't really matter exactly the time but as long as you upload every single day or something like that people know that oh i could watch his video because it comes out every single day and the third thing is originality which i think is really important a lot of people just try to catch on to what the bandwagon thing is to do like 
last year in Madden. A lot of people were making what if videos and stuff like that. Just because it was the popular thing and it was clickbait and it would get views and stuff like that. But if you truly want to build your channel, I believe, like for the long haul, I think that you just have to do something that no one else has done before because that's what everyone wants. That's what any human wants to see. They want to see something they've never seen before because especially a lot of us, we've been on this planet for what, 20 plus years, 30 plus years, whatever it may be, however old you are watching it. You always are fascinated by something you've never seen before. So if you're doing YouTube and you're doing the same thing everybody else is doing, then eh, maybe I'll just go and move on to someone else's channel because this I've, I've already seen someone do this. But you're doing something really cool and really unique and something you enjoy, then that can be a total game changer and that could be what helps you break out. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that's so key when you look at people who have kind of broken through the noise, like people who are more recent entrants, the things that are setting them apart are either their personality or the fact that they're creating content that doesn't feel the same as everybody else's content. And um, yeah, man, that's really, really good. All right. Well, we have a couple questions from Twitter, but before we get to them, uh, let's dig into um, you're a New York Giants fan, correct? Yep. So rough week uh, for you guys last <laughs> week, and we're recording. We're recording this on a Monday, so uh, leading into Monday Night Football, what are you thinking tonight for your New York Giants going up against the Detroit Lions? Ah, well, not too optimistic. I can't lie. I, I love the Giants, but I'm I'm a realist. I'm a realistic fan. I don't go in there saying we're gonna go 16 and 0. So. I go in there looking at what we have and what we don't have, which is a healthy Odell Beckham Jr. And what we do have is really bad tackles. You guys, you watch the Sunday Night Football game. Our tackles literally could not block. The Cowboys offensive line or defensive line, besides the Marcus Lawrence, did not look good against the Broncos. And the Broncos offensive line wasn't even that good on Sunday. And they just whipped them around. So that's the situation that's not going to fix itself. Eli's still Eli. He's, you never know what version of Eli Manning you're, you're going to get. And without Odell Beckham Jr., that makes it even more confusing. And the Lions are a good team. Lions, they their defense played pretty well against the Cardinals last week, and they were pretty good last year. And Stafford, I feel like Stafford was the top five quarterback last year. And uh, last Sunday, he was phenomenal. He had that, once again, four-quarter comeback, just lit him up with Galladay. And um, I believe Marvin Jones got a touchdown. So, um. I think the Lions win the game, and I'm not gonna lie. I actually like I actually pick against the spread for football every single week, and my picks were really good this week. And it's down to where I could get first place in the like division thing that I'm doing, for, like the whole group. If the Lions cover a three and a half point spread, so I'm kind of rooting for the Lions to uh, cover that spread. But if they don't, that's fine because that means the Giants did really well. But um, all, all, you're, not, you're not not wanting them to do it. Is what you're saying? If they lose by three, that's the best case scenario because they covered a three and a half point spread. But I mean, right. I, I think they will cover it. Let's just put it that I'm not too confident the Giants are gonna do anything crazy. Oh, the Lions are underdogs in this game. Yeah, because the Giants are at home, oh. and I. People are basing on the fact that, yeah, the Giants finished 11-5 last year, and we actually beat the Lions last year. It was a rainy... I actually went to that game last year. It was a rainy game, and I went with ScoMo and his wife, and we were in the rain, getting poured out, watching the game. The Giants ended up winning it. So I guess they based it on that. Yeah, hey, I mean, whatever whatever floats your boat. But, um, all right, so the Twitter question we had came from E-Rock at E-RockHD, and he wants to know your opinion on whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. Yeah, E-Rock's an evil guy for asking that question. I I still don't know the I saw him ask that question days ago, and I still don't know the answer to that. 
I mean, I I think that it is a sandwich because it's in a bun. It's a thing. It's I feel like it's a sandwich. I don't think you can say that it's not a sandwich because I mean, what are like is is a is a hoagie a sandwich? Of course, a hoagie is a sandwich or a sub or whatever you call them, depending on what part of the country you're from. Um, and so if a sub is a sandwich, then a hot dog has to be, right? Yeah, I mean, all different kind of buns and bread. Like, it's bread at the end of the day that you're putting your whatever bread meat or pork in, in between. So it's a sandwich. Absolutely. All right. So um, then we go through some speed round questions real quick. Um, and what we do is kind of we'll go through these really quick. And then as soon as you wrap up, I'll just go right into the next question. Uh, first question, what is the best Madden in your opinion? Oh, that, that's tough because I've been playing Madden since Madden 08. I, I really not sure what a favorite Madden is. I, I, I'm a positive person, so I always think the current Madden is the best Madden. So I'll just answer with that, even though it's probably not. But I do like Madden 18 this year. Hey, Rex's answer was the same answer. So, um, <laughs> I mean, take that for what it's worth. Uh, best player you've ever played in head-to-head Madden? Huh. I mean, thankfully, I haven't matched up against Problem or anything like that. In head-to-head, I not like because I played against people like Godstones before. I like, just played them in unranked games, but randomly matching up in head-to-head has probably got to be Snaponic. If you guys know who he is, he's been on top of the Xbox leaderboards for the past couple of years, and he's really good. I matched up against him twice, and both times I, I felt like I played pretty good, and I still lost by like ten points or twenty points or something. Yeah, he won the Duracell tournament a couple years back um, on Xbox, I believe, if I'm remembering that correctly. Um, favorite game you've played that is not Madden? That's, man, if I, if I tell you the exact game that I'm thinking on my mind, you will probably say what, but it's Banjo-Tooie. Banjo-Tooie? That's, that's the what. So that's a Nintendo 64 game. It's an adventure game. It was made by Rare. Rare used to make the Donkey Kong games and stuff like that. So this is, if anybody ever played like Donkey Kong 64, it's kind of like that. It's like a collecting kind of game, adventure game, open world. You explore with a bear. It's a really funny game. Like the dialogue in the game is funny with the characters. I like it. And it, I don't know, it was, a re- it was, it took me like 10 years to beat the game too. So it took, I played it a lot. It was really hard, but I don't know. I just, I, I really like those kind of games where you have to explore an open world and figure things out on your own and you have to put the pieces together and you don't look at a walkthrough to figure out what's going on or anything like that so i like those kind of games i mean in general though like general genres of games i like I, this is probably not a speed round at this point but i like you know oh, that's fine we got plenty of we got, time. i like you know sports games like madden or basketball games like 2k live i like you know i really like nascar games i like racing games a lot because i was watching racing since i was really young before i started watching football or basketball or anything i started watching racing since i was like eight years old so i really like racing games i mentioned before all the nintendo ties i have so mario party mario kart absolutely love mario kart and mario party i still play that like my sister and i we still play mario party a lot so that's definitely up there as well have you you know what I realized the other day that actually scared me a little bit was one day Nintendo is going to release a Mario Kart VR that I can play in my house <laughs> and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to go to work after that like it's just that's going to be the rest of my life yeah like I've, I've put yeah, so just, much hours in Mario Kart man yeah so what is all right so in your opinion let's let's veer off Madden for a second here and we are totally out of speed round mode what is the true test of a man or a woman in mario kart because for me like you got to come see me on rainbow road Ooh. before we decide who's better 
Yeah, I feel like Rainbow Road's always a tough one. I feel like just doing like like a cup series, doing like the like a big cup series, like four like four races or whatever it would be, or if you go into like a custom season yeah. or something like that, you do like endurance kind of thing to see how how many good races you can put together. Because usually when I play with people, I always have to not try as hard because if I try hard in Mario Kart, I will win every race and I will make it boring. Not to put myself up but i just play it way too much i have way too much experience with it so i always have to like tone it down a little bit so i can have fun with it and have fun with them as well see i have no problem tracking (laughs) consistently in Mario Kart. i get i get weirdly competitive in that game um there was something else uh n64 you've mentioned a couple times you ever played diddy kong racing yes on n64 that is the first ever game i had in nintendo 64 first ever game that game you talk about time spent on a game. Oh, yeah. I, I spent some hours on Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> yeah, no, trust me. The amount of time I've spent that game, like my cousins and I, we would always play the battle games. I don't know if you remember, like Icicle Pyramid yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are sick. No, for sure. And then there was like, um, once you finished all the races, you had to like finish the races and collect the these races. coins as you went through. Yeah, and it was... Man, that game was hard. It, and that's I don't another know game that took like, me like 10 years. I'm not even afraid to say it. It took me like 10 years to beat Diddy Kong Race. I got when I was 5. I don't think I beat it until I was like 13 or something. I think I gave up because <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it. Like, you know, I just couldn't do it before I got like a PlayStation. But like, it was, I mean, maybe I just think it was hard because I was, you know, Young. I was 8 or something. But like... I don't know. Well, no, like if you played it when you were five, I'd have played it like we're f- I'm five years older than you. So, yeah, I was like 13 and that game was hard. Maybe I just you know, yeah. sucked. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. that game is tough. All right, sorry. That game, it, it is tough. It's tough. I, I don't know, though. I, I kind of want to go back and play I it again. I actually played like, a bad game. It's actually not that hard now that I've played it, but like for a kid, that game is tough. And that's another game made by Rare, yeah. by the way, Diddy Kong Racing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so you said, you mentioned that you like watching racing. How does, you grew up in New York State, correct? Yeah. So how does that happen growing up in New York State? Because I grew up in New Jersey and I never really was exposed to racing. Yeah, no, like, you really what? don't get exposed. The only way I got to expose to racing, the only way this could have possibly happened was one of my cousins would watch NASCAR. And one day, it was like 4th of July, he came over to our house and he wanted to watch the nascar race so we watched it with him and that was like 2001 i started watching like a couple years later i got into it and i don't know i just really liked it i liked playing the games the nascar games i like watching it and i just got hooked on it absolutely all right cool so um that was favorite game you ever played and then last question favorite piece of content you've ever created that's a tough one because i don't have a favorite piece like exactly like oh man this is my masterpiece video because i always try to make my best video my last video not to sound cliche or anything like that but i always want to try to do my best every single time i put out a video but my favorite piece is probably like the stuff i do at the end of the year for madden like top 10 plays of the year not top 10 plays of the year this year i did top 100 i edited all that stuff together because that i mean it takes the most time to do those things because i gotta look through every single like top 10 video to find plays to do for top 100 or narrow it down for top 10 plays of the year but just in general i really like doing those top 10 stuff because that's my way of interacting with everybody else watching because that's 
viewers sending me clips and I just look at them and I, I do it all by myself. I don't have anybody else look at clips or anything like that because I have fun looking at the clips. It's really time consuming, but I have fun looking at them and it's my way of connecting with everyone else. So it's just my personal favorite. All right. Well, thanks so much, man. Um, I know hopefully a good amount of your audience will pop in and say, you know, and listen all the way through to right now. Is there anything you want to get out to your audience? And then after that, anything you want to plug for kind of the general people who are listening to this, who maybe this is their first exposure to you? Well, I'll say thank you for listening. Thank you guys for coming through. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Hopefully you guys stick around for future podcasts. And, you know, thank you guys for coming through. If you guys want to keep up with me, my YouTube channel is CookieBoy17. My Twitter is CookieBoy1794 because some egg has CookieBoy17 and never uses his account. He hasn't used it in like 10 years, but he just claims CookieBoy17. So I use CookieBoy1794 on there. And my Twitch is CookieBoy17. I don't really stream too much on that. Um, my Instagram is CookieBoy1794, but I also have never actually put up a picture on that before. And that's about it. Yeah, somebody owns AdRobs, and it's pretty clearly that they just misspelled Adorbs and <laughs> thought that they got it, and they've tweeted once. Um, so we're still we're still holding out for it. Well, hey man, thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, yeah, I hope to maybe have you on in the distant future at some point, and um, I'll be paying attention to your content. I appreciate awesome, it. Awesome, man. Thank you. All right. All right, guys. Thanks so much for stopping by. That is it for this week. Wanted to thank Cookie Boy one more time. Also wanted to thank E-Rock HD and T12 Duvall for leaving the five-star reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate that. T12 Duvall says, great content, great A-host, big hitter guest. Keep up the great work. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And E-Rock said, enjoying the podcast. Look forward to more. We were just talking on Twitter today about how I haven't posted for two weeks, so hopefully we can get back on the grind here i appreciate you guys coming through be sure to reach out to me on twitter at adrobsgc at adrobsgc really excited to be doing this for you guys and we'll be back next wednesday with another episode all right we'll talk to you soon bye-bye